Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of I Give That 10 Minutes. I'm Davey A, your host, and I'm back. I've been away for a little while, everyone. Christmas and New Year and family breaks and whatnot. But I'm back producing episodes for you all to enjoy. And I'm coming back strong. I've managed to get some new guests interested in the podcast, which is always meaning new content, new excitement and new fun, hopefully for you to enjoy. Now, I guess on this episode is very much a movie boffin. I dare say even more so than myself. This guest that's coming on is quite an extensive movie reviewer and a passionate movie goer. And we're going to dive into all that as we progress. But to do that, I've got to invite them on. So please give a lovely welcome to Becky from Inside Number Movies. Hello. Hi. Hi. It's nice to see you. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. As I said, listeners, uh, Becky is a, a very passionate movie fan, movie movie reviewer. Not easy to say for me. And it's the reason why I kind of reached out and wanted to make contact and, and chat with, with yourself. It's all about the, the passion of being a movie lover. Now, your yeah, Instagram page, Inside Number Movies, is packed full of reviews, sort of screenshots from certain films, film images, and like video reviews as well that you post about specific movies. It's yeah. a really good page. If you're not following here already, I'm sure you will be by the end of the conversation, and we'll go on to the socials a bit later on. But yeah, a very packed movie page, and it really does throw across the fandom you have for all things cinema. It's my understanding that this is your first time on a podcast. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Yeah. So you're you're literally a brand new guest and on a brand new type of communication. It's quite exciting for me, albeit a bit nerve wracking being a host of something you've never been on before. But thank you for joining me. No problem. I'm happy to be here. So, as I said, it's the um, it's the Inside Number Movies Instagram account that I first kind of noticed you on again packed full of movie reviews, movie opinions, comments, visuals, and so much more. It's clear to me that you are a really strong movie fan. Yeah, yeah, I'm a huge fan of just all things movies, really, any genres. What is it that made you start this this account, this uh, reviewing account? What was it that you thought you could bring to being a fan of film? Um, well, basically, I started it when I was studying film in college, um, and I realised I kind of just had a massive passion for it. And I didn't just want to do it in college. I wanted to, you know, carry it on as a hobby. Hmm. And I've always been interested in, like, colour theory as well. So I thought I'll start making colour palettes and also just write my views on certain films. And it, it kind of took off from there for me. Do you think it's something that's been kind of deep down hidden with you for some time, being a fan of a movie? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, it's something I kind of had a passion for as a child as well. Yeah. Um, and when I was a teenager, I kind of realized, you know, just how much I loved it and how, you know, I want to carry this on in the future. Being a movie fan, it's a labor of love without any shadow of a doubt. Um, as people know by now, I love film and maybe not as I suppose broad-minded, as a lot of movie fans are, I tend to stick to specific genres or specific types of movie. But speaking to someone such as yourself who's got quite an understanding of a wide spectrum of film, it's going to be be interesting to see what what opinions you have on certain things. Now, I wanted to ask about the fact that 
to mo- most of my listeners, they are overseas in countries such as America, Australia, and more. And they're bound to ask about your accent. So <laughs> yeah. what is your background? Where are you from? Um, well, I'm from West Yorkshire. Um, so She's a Yorkshire lass, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm living in East Yorkshire at the moment, but I'm I'm very like you know, proud of being from Yorkshire in the north. And I like my accent, actually. Um, yeah. And I just, I, I really like where I'm from. And why not? You should be proud. It's a place, folks, that produces some of the finest tea in the whole world. For those, yeah. for people who don't know, Yorkshire tea is up there as one of the finest hot beverages you'll ever have. I mean, that's that's a personal opinion of mine, but not just my opinion. I'm sure a lot of people around there drink this particular drink. But oh, yeah. be- before we even dive into movies, do you drink Yorkshire tea? I'm hoping you're going to say yes. Oh, of course I do. Yeah. <laughs> Phew. Close one. Close one. I thought we might have had a problem there. You know. No. <laughs> <laughs> a good brew. It's a good basis for conversation. So. Yeah, it it has to be Yorkshire tea, doesn't it? It has to be. Definitely. Nothing else. (laughs) What's your earliest memory of seeing a movie? And can you remember what movie it was? I think something I remember um, when I was very, very small is it was Christmas time and my parents decided to show me Gremlins for the first time. Oh, okay. Uh, I was a bit too young to be watching it. It really scared me, but like that memory stuck with me because now it's one of my favourite movies. Um, it's definitely a classic. Yeah, and I I don't really remember much about going to the cinema because I didn't start going until I was about 10. Okay. Um, but I do remember seeing Avatar when that came out as well. Most people did. Um, That's obviously back in the forefront now with Way of Water coming out. So yeah. it's one of those kind of milestone kind of movie moments with, you know, the amazing special effects and the amazing plot and the visuals and the money that they've kind of put behind it to make this an amazing spectacle on screen. Yeah, yeah. Visually a stunning movie. And um, although although I've yet to see the sequel, Avatar for me is still a really enjoyable experience no matter how many times I watch it. I seem to take something new from it, whether it be a new aspect of you know, cinematography or a certain character's perspective or the way that they filmed a certain piece or the special effects used. There's so much to take from it. And indeed, any movie, but certainly Avatar is is really, really stunning to watch. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, the second one is, I'd say I prefer it. Oh. Um, I absolutely loved it. It's basically like it's just perfect to see in the cinema. Wow. Um, it was beautiful, honestly. <laughs> It's again, yeah. It's it's bound to happen. It's you know something as as visual as that and the effects that they've used. It's bound to be an absolute treat for the eyes and the senses, and and yeah, I can see why why you like it so much. I wanted to discuss something that we we touched upon when we had our initial chat before recording the episode about yeah. your passion for cinema and the movie going experience and why it's important to you. Yeah. I know you wanted to kind of champion the idea of going to your, your cinema, especially your local cinema, your independent cinemas, if you could just maybe speak about your passion about those particular things and, and why you want them to be so important and, you know, recognised around the world. I mean, I think, uh, firstly, it's important because, you know, filmmakers um, going out and going to see movies, it's, you know, a big way of revenue and things. Um, but also, I think for me that the cinema is such a good experience because 
at home like watching it on your own you don't have that atmosphere yeah. whereas like in the cinema basically you're in a room full of strangers in the dark but it's almost like a weird bonding experience it is um in a way and it's just something that's so special and i just think it's really important to keep it alive especially after covid when we couldn't go we did feel a sense of deprivation when we couldn't go to cinemas what do you think is more important going to your, your, your mainstream cinemas or going to an independent cinema kind of gives you more enjoyment, I suppose, because it's more local, it's it's a smaller screen size maybe. What would be your go-to? Would you prefer to go to like a big Odeon or a local indie house cinema? Um, I'd prefer to go to the local ones. Unfortunately, around me, we have like one independent cinema and all the rest are chains. Yeah. Um, but I enjoy going to chains, I do, but I think the independent ones need the most help and they need it more than others, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, they're usually kind of run by volunteers and people in the local communities. So sometimes they're just doing it for the sheer enjoyment of bringing movies to you without, yeah. you know, the benefits of being paid to do it. It's just, we're fans. We want you to enjoy it with us. I can I can see the appeal. I've not been yeah. to a lot of independent cinemas. I've been to a couple and it's always been a, a more welcoming feel. You know, there's a lot more attention on you, the, the moviegoer and what they can provide for you because they want to enjoy the experience with you. And it's all about that experience, the, you know, the going in there and choosing the movie and getting your snacks and your drink and finding your seat and getting cosy and, you know, chatting about opinions and reviews of what you're about to see. And coming out as well, you know, if, if you've been totally blown away by a movie, if it's just a small group of people, it's a it's a better conversation. I find if there's, you know, if there's 50 people coming off the cinema and they've all got mixed opinions, it's hard. But if it's a small, you know, 20 or 30 seat cinema and you're all enjoying the movie, it's a very easy thing to just go off to a local bar or a restaurant or a pub and just have a little chat about what you've just witnessed and the experiences you've gone through. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with that. Is that something you've you've done before? You've you know, you've been amazed or disappointed by a film and then carried the conversation on to the night in another venue just to get your opinion out there? Um, I think something I remember quite well is I went to go see a film at uh, one of my independent cinemas. Yeah. And it was me and one other guy in there, and there was no one else in there. But afterwards, we were both completely blown away with it, and we must have sat there throughout the entire credits just yeah. talking about it. And it was really special because we both got something out of it, and it was nice to talk to someone about it who I just previously had no idea who they were. <laughs> Movies bring people together. You know, yeah, good or definitely. bad, there's always an opinion to be had and a point of view that you want to get across. I think that's really cool. I'd love to be taken off after a film and, and just be given an hour somewhere just to discuss and and rate and review and so on. Usually for me, yeah. I've gone to one of those big chains and it's been like a really late showing. So, you know, coming out at midnight and the last thing you want to do is go off and find somewhere that's open to chat about the movie. You just want to get in your car and you just want to go home. Yeah. There's been many a time I've woken up in the morning and... I've gone, oh, my God, wow. Or, oh, my God, that was awful. But either way, I feel like I had to tell somebody. Yeah. Have you ever, like, have you ever seen a film and really, like, felt bad about it or angry about it and wanted to say something but felt like you couldn't in case maybe you offended someone else's opinion or somebody you were with watching it who really enjoyed the movie, perhaps, and you, you having to keep it in t inside and not tell anybody? Um, yeah, there has been a couple where I've been with a friend and then straight as it ended, they've turned around and said, that was amazing. And I felt the complete opposite. And I just thought, you know what, 
I'll let them have it. I don't want to be that person. <laughs> Even though they wouldn't mind if I did bring it up. But yeah, I have felt like that before. <laughs> it must be difficult sometimes when you just want to say, it was awful, I hated it. You must agree with me. But well, then they, they actually quite like it, you know. As I mentioned earlier, you're running the Inside Number Movies Instagram account, and I'm sure there are other spin-offs to your projects. What is the the basic premise, the message you're giving across with Inside Number Movies? What is it you want to put out there for the world? I just want to put out kind of how much joy movies can bring people and that regardless if a movie is bad or good, it's still worth watching because that's how I feel. Like a lot of movies I review, I don't give good scores because I will watch anything. Yes. And I think that's important because I feel like if I only watched movies I like, my knowledge wouldn't be as broad as it is. Um, yeah. Because I've watched so much, I feel like I have quite a interesting knowledge and I feel like I can talk to people more. That's kind of the message I want to put out is that it's worth trying movies even if you think they're not going to be for you. I like that. It's something I can sort of relate to. I am also a host of another podcast called Movies Across the Pod and the premise is one of us, myself or my co-host Frank, have not seen a specific movie. So we're coming into it with a fresh pair of eyes. Yeah. And, t- and usually... The films that are pitched to me are films that I would probably never consider watching. It's why the podcast has kind of slowly but surely starts to take off. It's always a, a new perspective on a film that's been out for a long time. And, you know, especially one that's been watched by pretty much everybody, except myself, of course. But I think the idea of having a new person look at, at, an, old, at an older movie and get a new perspective and an interesting outlook is why it works so well. And I am being exposed, and I'm saying exposed in big brackets, to genres I would never consider, like yeah. dramas or romantic comedies or a teen-based movie. These are things that I'd never considered. I've always been quite biased in my movie choices. It's always been either like an action movie or a comedy movie or something, sci-fi or something along those lines, fantasy, that kind of thing. So I can kind of relate that you're trying to experience a lot of different types of movies so you can have a valid opinion and knowledge on them. I commend you on it. There's going to be genres that I would never consider myself, but I'm glad you're diving into that and giving your opinion on it. It helps others. I think it's a great message to put across. Yeah, I mean, it basically started because I only would watch kind of horror and that was my main thing. And then, you know, people were recommending to me like romance movies Mm. and um, I'd never usually watch them, but then I started watching them. And even if I didn't like them, I got enjoyment out of it. So now, you know, I feel like my my range is so broad. Um, I can go from some really like weird surrealist stuff to like cheesy teen movies and I find enjoyment out of it all. I think it's really good. Like I said, the, the fact that you're broadening your horizons and getting more knowledge, it makes you more of a an appreciative moviegoer because yeah. you're not just thinking, well, you know, I'd rather watch you know, Bruce Willis jump off a building when someone's trying to you know, declare their undying love with a sword and Macbeth being quoted or something. It's it's good. I don't yeah. think it's something I could do personally, but like I said, I'm 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 slowly dabbling in other genres, just kind of dipping yeah. my toe in as it were. I'm not going to go and have a month of drama movies and then another month of romantic comedies. I can't go to that extent, but the occasional movie now and then, I will give it a whirl. Everyone at home, I know I'm biased. I'm very, very boring on my choices, people might say, but I I know what I like and I watch what I like and I'm not harming anybody. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. (laughs) Having seen such a wide array of movies, such a broad spectrum, are there any that you would like to see recast or remade with 
you know, a, a different point of view, like I've said earlier, is, is there a movie that you think that would be great if such and such actor was playing it instead? I think, like, in terms of movies that I would like remade, I was actually thinking a lot about the original Omen movie the oh, other day. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, because I have quite an unpopular opinion in that I wasn't too fussed about it when I watched it, and I thought <laughs> this could benefit from being remade, but it also could it could either be really good or really bad. I don't think there'd be any in between, because, <laughs> I mean, like, remakes like the Amityville Horror didn't do so well. I'd like to see it be remade, but, you know, it, it might not be good, but it's worth a shot. <laughs> it, it could happen. I mean, I know there's an Exorcist remake coming, yeah. so yeah. who knows? Maybe, maybe um 2023 is the year of horror remakes. Who knows? Who knows? You, you know, we're getting your opinion on it, and this is exciting. You know, you want to see an, an iconic horror franchise be given a new lease of life. So, yeah. what about in terms of casting? I mean, is there a specific actor that you would like to see in that particular movie? Oh, no pressure. <laughs> I know it's a weird pick, but I don't know why I've just thought of Steve Buscemi. Oh, okay. Yeah, he can be very creepy very well. But he's also just genuinely a good actor. But I also feel like I would like him to be in any movie, not just that. <laughs> um, but he's just the first person who just sprang to mind. Hey, it's fair enough. Are you a Buscemi fan then? Yeah, I am, yeah. What's your favourite Buscemi movie? Uh, Reservoir Dogs, definitely. Everyone says that. I mean, yeah. for, me, for me, it's probably, I don't know, maybe when he was in Con Air, possibly. But tends to be usually those Adam Sandler movies. He tends to play a cameo character in a majority of them. So, you know, he's quite funny as a comedic actor. I know he's got quite a wide acting spectrum, but um, I quite like the comedic side of Steve Buscemi. Yeah, I think he's just a great actor in all so many genres. He can just pull it off. Quite underappreciated as well. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. Yeah, it's a it's a good um, it's a good choice. I'm I'm looking forward to this Omen remake now. So. Hollywood, if you're listening, please, let's get this going and get this started. I'm sure you've got more money in your remake pot of cash. Let's get an home with Steve Buscemi on the cards and let's get it made, please. So Definitely. it can be reviews. <laughs> please. <laughs> what movies yet to be released this year and indeed going forward are you most excited for? I mean, my my three most excited, like anticipated this year, they're all quite a broad range. Yeah. Um I'm very excited for Evil Dead Rise. Yes. <laughs> the Barbie movie. Hmm. Okay. Um, and Dune Part 2. You see, well. two out of three for me with that. Now, Evil Dead Rise, I'm not a massive horror fan, but I am acknowledging it's an iconic franchise with various sequels and, and kind of loose reboots, that kind of thing. But if I'm, if I'm correct and... If I'm wrong, please correct me, everybody. But I think Bruce Campbell is kind of tied in with the production side of the movie. So there's a lot of yeah. his perspective and what he experienced playing Ash and his knowledge he's bringing into this movie-making process. And I know he's, he's not going to be in the movie, but the fact that he's behind the scenes helping producer should hopefully give us a, an enjoyable horror adventure, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. You know, I mean, the original trilogy was kind of groundbreaking and iconic and people still watch it to the day and still quote and use the character references and the, the style of filmmaking. So hopefully it's going to be a good one. So yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a good starting choice. Yeah. 
what do you think it's uh, going to be like, Evil Dead? I mean, what what are your hopes for it? I mean, I wasn't sure what route they'd go down, if they were going to do, go do, down the um, comedic route or the mm. serious route. But then, obviously, the trailer's been released, and it looks like it's going to be serious and very much like the 2013 film, which I've, I've loved all Evil Dead movies kind of equally. Yeah. So I think it's going to be very gory. It looks really scary, actually, um, <laughs> from the as well. I just I think it's going to be really good. I've got some high hopes, and I feel like it's going to be very unique. Um, mm. I mean, Evil Dead movies usually are. Um, so I have high hopes. <laughs> I had so many horrific memories watching Evil Dead. I used to cry as a kid when I'd seen it. When our family had Evil Dead back in the day, it was on a laser disc machine. Now, I don't know if you're aware of what a laser disc is. I've heard of it. Yeah, it's a, well, it was essentially an an LP sized DVD. So imagine a huge picture disc on this big player. I'm an old guy. We had old tech back in the day. And we had it on this machine. And being a young kid, all these horrific, you know, zombie-like creatures coming at Ash and the terror that was involved in was terrifying for me. And I remember yeah. leaving the room scared and hiding in my bedroom. Now, I knew it was a movie, but it was terrifying. And the family continued to watch it. And they said, it's over now. You can come here and the film's over. And I come back into the front room just as the final sequences of Evil Dead were playing, you know, where it comes back through the house and it goes to get Ash and then it goes off and it's just made me scream, a bit like Ned Flanters in The Simpsons. <laughs> Big girly scream, terrified me. But I can, I can totally imagine. appreciate Evil Dead as a movie and, again, the, the acting, the comedic style of it, the gore, the filmmaking. It was quite, like I say, groundbreaking and the used effects that, you know, really kind of get used a lot mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, actual aesthetics and practical effects yeah i think it was very ahead of its time in a way i'd say yeah um still really holds up um i rewatched. i mean i rewatched the trilogy a lot yeah. um but i rewatched it recently and you know I, I find it better than a lot of other horrors really it is up there as one of my favorite franchises if not my favorite franchise nice i had one bit of um kind of more trivia or a fact I suppose about Evil Dead when I was looking into it years ago there's a scene when one of the um, the deadites puts a, like a is like a knife or a pencil through someone's ankle and crunches the bone yeah and it was the sound effect used for it was when someone put something into an apple and they recorded that crunching sound to make the sound of the bone being crunched and it always made me think apples a bit, a bit scary as a fruit yeah, that, that's how they got the effect Oh, that's interesting. I know in a lot of um, horror movies for the bones breaking, they use like celery and they snap oh, that in half. I like that. Um, it's, a good, it's a good clean break. Yeah, and I, I can understand how it makes that noise. <laughs> <laughs> right. I need to get into the second movie that you've mentioned here, and that's the Barbie movie. Oh, yes. dear. You've gone from high horror hopes to low toy-based comedy action-y something. Um, now, I'm not going to diss anyone who's a Barbie fan. It's obviously a very iconic toy franchise and it's been part of our collectability heritage for years and years and years. But why? Oh, why are we going to see Harley Quinn as an overtanned blonde bombshell with a pink car and probably a pink Jeep and probably a pink airplane and everything else that Bobby has in a movie? For me, the reason I'm very excited for this is because Greta Gerwig is directing it. Okay. Um, and she's Lady Bird and um, a lot of other movies that I really like. And mm-hmm. as well, one of my favourite actors is Ryan Gosling. Um, yes, he's up there. 
yeah and it's such an unexpected role that I think this movie's just going to be mental um and I've got a lot of excitement for it and I've got um a best friend who's obsessed with Margot Robbie um wow. so we're going to see it together and we're going to be very excited about it <laughs> so the same as Evil Dead what are your hopes for this movie any anything that you hope that they bring or that they include in it I have never really been a fan of Barbie, so I don't know much about, I don't know, like, the Barbie law. Um, but with Greta Gerwig, I mean, her style of filmmaking, it's really quirky, just not what you'd expect. It's weirdly artistic, and by the sounds of it, that's what the Barbie movie's going to be like, and it's not exactly fully aimed at kids, which is okay. interesting. It just seems so weird that I feel like it's going to be a blast. <laughs> um, I mean, the teaser trailer was just so strange. It parodied 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah, it, it was a massive parody of that was a trailer. So it's just going to be mental, I think. And that's all I want from it. I just want something that's completely bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of weirdly given a reference to another comedic movie that used an iconic space franchise to advertise it. And this was the use of... Palpatine's throne room from Star Wars. Yeah. But as the throne turned round, it was Dr. Evil from Austin Powers. Oh. And he simply says, are you expecting somebody else kind of thing? It was just a really clever use of an iconic movie to lead you into something completely different. Yeah, very like smart. Mm. <laughs> and lastly, June of June 2. This has been a movie that has taken the world by storm. Sandstorm, yeah. if you will. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it was a terrible pun that I'm so sorry for. Um, admittedly, I haven't seen the most recent Dune yet. It's just something I've not got round to. I have got some other Dune stuff that I'm working on, the original movie. The There was a TV series that I'm currently working through. But yeah. the recent Dune I've yet to watch and I've heard nothing but great things. Yeah, it was, it was brilliant. Um, I'm a huge fan of the book. Uh, I have been throughout, like, well, since I've been old enough to read it, yeah. I've been a huge fan of the book. And I mean, I really like the original movie. Uh, David Lynch is my favourite director. Um, so I was so excited for this and I had such high hopes with another amazing director. And it just, it knocked it out of the park. It somehow managed to exceed my expectations. That's amazing. Um, so I'm very excited for part two. Very excited. Which actors or actor even in June as the one that's really pulled you into watching the, a sequel? I mean, strangely enough, like, it'd have to be Timothy Charlemagne because I wasn't... I thought he was a good actor, but I wasn't really into him before Dune. Yeah. And then Dune came out, and I was like, he is exactly what I envisioned Paul to be like. <laughs> um, just perfect casting. And I mean, all the cast did a great job. It's hard mm. to pick just one. And I mean, I mean, I think everyone's more ex uh, is excited to see more Zendaya because, you know, her character becomes very central in part two. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see what else she can do because I, I don't think we saw enough in the first part. So it'll be exciting. Exciting times indeed. It's again, it's an iconic franchise, an iconic series of movies that's got a massive fan base. And again, it's bringing new life into something that's already quite well established but it's a new generation yeah. so new effects have come out new filmmaking techniques so why not showcase them in a retelling why not yeah. it, it doesn't always work but in this case it 100 has yeah definitely 
Right. I have another movie question here for you. And it's okay. it's possibly quite a difficult one, being that you're so, so well experienced in a wide array of movies. You've seen so many different titles and actors and directing styles and so on. I want to ask you this. Can you give me your favourite movie character or characters? I'm trying to think of, like, my favourite movies and, you know... Oh, OK, I've got one, definitely. Go on, go on. Um, from The Evil Dead. Of course it's going to be Ash from The Evil Dead. Yeah, it's just iconic, and Bruce Campbell is just perfect in it. He's amazing. He really is. Um, so definitely Ash, but... It would be hard to pick others, um, very hard. I think, I'm not thinking more recently, mm. um, because I thought last year was an amazing year for movies, Yeah, especially even like the bigger blockbusters. Um, my favourite actor, Paul Dana, in The Batman, that character amazing. of the Riddler just is one of my favourite characters ever, and it, he really blew me away. He, he never fails to amaze me, does Paul <laughs> Dana. So I'd say the Riddler in... The Batman is one of my favourites as well. It's a um, fantastic movie. And um, and Paul Dano, again, a great shout. And he's the reason why I've got a really cool Riddler collectible statue in my collection because his Riddler, sinister, menacing, and really cool to watch. Yeah, I was beyond blown away, honestly. Um, I mean, The Batman is one of my favourite movies of last year. Um, there was a lot of good ones for me. Amazing. And the fact that you mentioned the Batman, for me being a Batman nerd, I mean, listeners, you can't tell, but right now I'm wearing a Batman hoodie. So um, I'm, I'm wearing just... my Riddler's at the moment. Yes! <laughs> We're a pair of Bat nerds. This is perfect. This is absolutely yes. perfect. I will actually like to continue the Bat talk just briefly. Yeah. Because there's been a lot of will it get released, won't it get released? And I'm referring to the in brackets up and coming Flash movie which is meant to feature uh, two Batman. Now, they're bringing back, allegedly, Michael Keaton's Batman and bringing yeah. back in Ben Affleck's Batman. My question is this. Do you think it's going to work as a movie? And which of those particular Batman would you favour? I have no idea if I think it's going to work. It's either going to be... I think this is very much what DC movies are at the moment. They either really hit or they just miss the mark. Yeah, yeah. Um, more on the side of it's going to work because I have been excited for it um, controversy aside of everything that's going on at the moment mm. and personally I'd be more excited to see Keaton yes um, so he, it's a classic and I feel like people of all ages are excited to see him again um, I do love Ben Affleck as an actor but I don't think his Batman's as good as Keaton <laughs> oh I don't know you might alienate a few people here but listeners please yeah. stay with us don't get don't get <laughs> upset Everyone's got an opinion. I mean, Keaton definitely. I mean, we've Ben Affleck. I think he's done a great job with his version of Batman, yeah. and he's had plenty of movies where he's been involved in. You know, Michael Keaton only got two Batman films, and then he was gone. So, why not yeah. get some more Keaton? Makes sense. Yeah, Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Just going to go away from movies for a moment, because okay. as I mentioned earlier, or as you mentioned, I should say, you're from Yorkshire, so yes. I, I just wanted um I wanted to know what your opinion is on people because I've read about this people using Yorkshire puddings as a dessert. Um, <laughs> that's a bit weird, that. Yeah, um, I've read they can be filled with cream and fruit and be served on the side as an as an evening kind of 
dessert and I've got to admit it's not something that's appealing to me. No, I don't know anyone in Yorkshire that has done that. It's very much a Sunday dinner thing. I, w- I wouldn't stray away from that. I don't see it as a dessert. Um, that concept is just completely bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to cause outrage. Yeah. You can't put cream in a Yorkshire pudding. Ah, it's supposed to be savoury. It's gravy, not not cream. <laughs> exactly. Do you, if you see someone in a film or a TV show and they're having a traditional English roast and either the Yorkshire pudding's not featured or they're not putting gravy in it or they're just not eating it, do you get angry? Oh, yeah. I feel genuinely offended <laughs> about that. But, you know, you, you've got to respect uh, Sunday dinners. Um, that's my priority in life is you have to respect um, Yorkshire puddings and roast dinners in general. <laughs> is a Yorkshire pudding vital? If you if you got served a roast dinner without a Yorkshire pudding, would you eat it or would you complain? I mean, out of politeness, I'd eat it. <laughs> in our family, um, it's always been like Yorkshire puddings have to be there and it's almost the end of the world when they're not. Like my mum, <laughs> she didn't get them in she'd apologise profusely and be like, I'm so sorry, I forgot to make them. <laughs> it's just a big thing. Um, I don't know if that's the same for other Yorkshire families, but it definitely is for us. <laughs> I I'm, I agree. I mean, I, I have to have a Yorkshire pudding on a, sun, on a Sunday meal. Right. Another, another Yorkshire kind of-esque question, and it is kind of movie-related. Okay. Mm. We mentioned earlier about Yorkshire tea being a very essential hot beverage in, yeah. in our opinion. And there have been those recent TV commercials advertising Yorkshire tea featuring two mm. well-established actors. And those, of course, are Sean Bean and Patrick Stewart. Now, yeah. are you a fan of both? And which of those two adverts, if you've seen them, is your favourite? I'm a fan of both, more of Patrick Stewart. Okay. But I, I think I've definitely seen one of them. So oh. the, the Patrick Stewart one is the most recent. He, he's a, it's like an office party and someone's being given a, a farewell. I guess they've, they're retiring or something like that. And they say, Patrick wants to say something to you. And it's Patrick Stewart. And he turns around in his chair like Captain Picard was and gives this big kind of Shakespearean speech about you know, how parting is such sweet sorrow and so on. And then just to take the edge off it, he goes, we're having a pint in the lamb and duck or lamb and flag or something like that in a kind of a Yorkshire twang which I thought yeah. was brilliant because he's known for this kind of, it's like thespian voice and his traditional English accent and the Britishness of him. But when he throws, I think he said something like, um, like there's a there's a tab at bar or something like that. And he just kind of takes the edge off his big Hollywoodness. And yeah, I love I that think... about Patrick Stewart. Yeah. It's brilliant. The Sean Bean one was the first one. He was doing a big speech about how you've got to be proud of being from Yorkshire and doing the tea to make you proud. And given a big Game of Thrones style speech, waving a sword at everybody. And after he shouted all these things about doing it for Yorkshire, he then sounds off with, oh, and there's a fire drill at half three or something like that. So it's it's really kind of amazing blockbuster voice. And then, yeah, we've still got to get to work and do our job kind of thing. But it's it's how important Yorkshire tears. Oh, they're, yeah. bringing, they're bringing these Hollywood names, like they did with the Warburton's adverts, all these yeah. big Hollywood guys to come in and advertise it and really get the product rammed down people's faces. It, it works. Be, being a, a Yorkshire tea fan myself, it's it's cool to see it recognised nationally as a as a vital staple. So yeah, 
you know, it's not all about movies, folks. We are we are going down some beverage chat as well. Okay. Must have snack when you're watching a movie. I mean, I kind of choose different snacks every time. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, let's say let's say at the cinema. It'd be popcorn because it gets me in the mood and it feels like, you know, it's just a classic. And I'm usually not fussy. Um, whenever I'm with friends, I'm like, oh, do you want sweet or salted or mixed? Because I'll have any. Um, <laughs> If I go on my own, I'd pick mixed because nice. I don't want just sweet and I don't want just salty. Like, you know, I want a nice little mix. It's a bit more exciting. But nachos are good in the cinema as well. That's um, my go-to. Cheesy nachos, a few chili flakes on there or a few jalapeno slices, something like that. Ooh. Yeah. Set you up. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, at home, um, I don't know why, but I always go to the shop and buy Kinder Buenos. Oh. Um, and I eat them because they're just oh they're, they're just my favorite thing. Oh, <laughs> Kinder Buenos, that's a hell of a shout. That's such a nice chocolate bar. Yeah, Kinder, if you're listening, free sample, please. Just saying. <laughs> so it's worth a try. If we get enough endorsements, we can get you know Kinder Buenos for life. Who knows? Exactly. That's all you need, really. <laughs> lifetime supply. <laughs> I challenge a lifetime supply. What's the word? Quantity to be something I couldn't eat because. I eat a lot of food, so I'd love to see what this lifetime supply is meant to be. If it's like one bar a year, it's not enough. It's not enough. I need more. (laughs) (laughs) So as we go to wind down, I'd like to give you the opportunity, if you want to, Becky, to let the listeners know how they can get in touch with you, how they can follow you, and where can they see you doing all your movie goodness? Yeah, I mean, um, the main place is my Instagram, um, Inside Number Movies. If you ever want to recommend movies to me, I basically take everyone's recommendations. Um, I'm always just a DM away. And I do have a letterbox, which is just Becky Pitts, spelt P-I-T-T-S. And that's just what I'm using at the moment um, because I'm really enjoying Instagram and I've met a lot of great people through it. So that's my main platform. Awesome. Folks, I can't vouch for Becky enough. It's really amazing knowledge she has about film. If you love movies, if you love optioning a film maybe you've never seen before, go to Inside Number Movies and see what the reviews say. He's very thorough, descriptive, and I, I don't think biased at all. It's, it seems a very open reviewing page. Like I said, lots of different genres and categories and images have been put on there, still images of certain films. It's packed full of good stuff. Can't recommend it enough. As always, if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me at Davy Mins. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. What else have I got? TikTok, Snapchat. There's loads. There's loads. Just go to my socials at Davy Mins, and you'll contact me there. And by all means, send me some reviews, comments, good or bad. And who knows, maybe you can even get involved with the show on a future episode. I'd love to hear from you. Your comments are always vital. But yeah, get in touch and let me know what you think. All that means now is to bid you all a good fun farewell. It goes without saying, I'm very appreciative to yourself for listening. I have been away for a while, as I mentioned, but hopefully coming back strong with lots more guests, lots more episodes, and lots more content for you to enjoy. So yeah, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks to you, Becky, for taking the time out of your day to be on the show. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. I have. I've had a great time. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I want. That's what I want. Happy, happy, happy guests, and I'm happy host. So yeah, <laughs> thank you, everyone. Take care of yourself going forward, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye, everyone. Bye.